Uh, Andre, if my car doesn't start, don't you leave. Because you didn't tell me I left my door open. Good morning. How are you? Good. Everybody had a good week? Amen. Amen. Folks at Central City tell you all hi. Went over there last Sunday. Had a good time. And I almost got swept away in that water in uh, Ellicott City. I went to Columbia doing the service, and I was coming back down 29. Water was gone, so I got behind this big old truck. And it kind of cleared a path. And I, I got there, Brother Goodson. I didn't know whether you was going to make it back. By the grace of God, Amen. we made it. Those of you who are here visiting are not members of the Lord's Church. I said, welcome. Happy you decide to be with us. And if you're here from another congregation, it's good to see you. And those of us who labor, here, we expect to see you on Sunday morning. Um, Brother Rogers asked me to announce if anyone interested in finance ministry, they're looking for good workers. So see Brother Rogers. If you don't know who Brother Rogers is, see me. I'll point you in the direction and uh, make a decision. I remember the military had an advertisement when I was younger that the Marines are looking for a few good. So the church is looking for a few good young men and women. Amen? Amen. It's hot. Are you all hot? I thought... Is it just me? Oh, it ain't me? It's y'all too? Yeah. I'm about to fall out. I said, well, wait a minute. What happened? Yeah. I sweat when it's cool. I get halfway through my sermon. I have to sit down. Y'all say, what's wrong with Brother Frazier? Brother Johnson didn't turn the air conditioner on or something. <laughs> Brother Davis, what's wrong with the... Uh... I just turned in the request this morning, sir. Okay. I haven't seen that thing in a few weeks. Video card. Oh, the video card is out. Whatever that is, okay. Brother Davis said the video card is out. So he gonna get the video card fixed. Titus chapter number three. Titus chapter three. How you doing, Sister Stevens? Good. Titus chapter three. Uh, verse number four. Are we ready? But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, towards men appear, 
not by work of righteousness which we have done, but according to the mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we shall be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he saved me to change me. All right. He saved me to change me. Now, he who saved me is God. He who changes me is God. How God changed and saved us, he does it the same way. And that is by the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oftentimes, we go into the Bible, and as we read the text, we see a word that we like, and we pull that word out, and we use it, may not be with the right definition. Words can, you can look at a lexicon or anything and pull a word out, but the word does not give its definition unless you use it in a sentence. Trunk. T-R-U-N-K. If I say trunk, what do you think I'm talking about? See? The back of the car. I also could have been talking about luggage. Right? Or I could have been talking about an elephant. But you don't know the definition until what? Until I use it in a sentence. Brother Boone, can you please go out to my car and close my... You see? The elephant down at the zoo... Trump was damaged. I remember when I went to school in Ohio and they, I shipped my trunk and by the time I got to the school, someone had already went into it and took my typewriter. It didn't matter, I couldn't type anyway, but <laughs> my aunt thought that I needed a typewriter to go to college with, so I, so until you've, Use the word in a sentence, you don't know what the author 
intent was. So when we go to the Bible, and throughout our Christian walk, we have heard people use words, and they took it out of content, and we thought that what the author intent was. But when you want to know what the author was trying to tell us, you have to read. Sometimes I say three or four verses up above where you want, and sometimes two or three down to see what the author intent. The Apostle Paul writes this letter to his son in the gospel, Titus. And he says unto Titus, I need you to be visual in all of your work. Watch those. Take care of those. But be visual. Because God saved you to change you. Now, when you're dealing with humans, we're stubborn. We say, I'm not changing. I'm not going to change. I don't care what they say. Well, I've been in the church a long time. And I'm the same today that when I came. I can assure you, there's nothing wrong with the gospel. So if you haven't changed, it's not the gospel. Is you. And I don't believe that God can't change you if you allow him to. So we fight God for whatever the reason may be. But if God save you, he can change you. Amen. There's three thoughts this morning. Number one, the gospel save us. Everybody knows that. Because it's by the word of the gospel that man is saved. And the same gospel that save us sustain us Amen. And, 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 and you may not be going through nothing now but sooner or later you're going to be going through something Amen. 
And, and, and when you lose your job, when you lose your house, when you lose a loved one, when things are going on in your life and you feel that everything that are not nailed down is coming up, that's when the gospel sustain you. Amen. I, I remember when I graduated out of college, I took a job as an auditor for in Ohio for J&L Steel. They came to Morgan and were looking. Most company had this African-American movement. They need blacks in the company. I wanted to go and work for, at the time, one of the big eight accounting firms. But I took a job in Ohio with J&L Steele as an auditor. And they said to us in the interview, we got enough business for at least the next five to 10 years in the steel industry. packed my little wife out and went to Ohio. Eight months later, on a Tuesday afternoon, Sister Davis, my manager called. The steel industry had dropped bottom. Now I got a new wife, pregnant, in a strange land and no job. What am I going to do? The same gospel that saved me sustained me. I woke up that Wednesday morning I don't get down on my knees and pray. I, they, I lay down, I sit down, I do anything. But on this occasion, I figured I need to get down on my knees and pray. Sometimes when life deals you, you go back. I got down on my knees and I prayed and I said, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. But they told me yesterday that I got six weeks and I don't have a job. But I do know that you said that you will never leave or forsake me. Now, the sad thing about this, I got six months evaluation. Everything is good. Man, you are doing an outstanding job. And it ain't three weeks before they tell me I have no job. Amen. Here's the lesson I learned. It doesn't matter how good you are. At the job, 
Don't put your faith in the job. Put your faith in God. I told my wife two weeks later. I said, why you wait so long to tell your wife? You just couldn't blurt that out. You just couldn't come and tell her, I don't have a job. But she's pregnant. We living in Pennsylvania. I know two people in the whole western Pennsylvania. How do you tell them? So two weeks went by and I prayed and then God finally gave me the word to say. I said, shorty, I call her. That's what I call it. I said, they're going to cut jobs. But I'll find another one. She said, don't worry about it. Then she said, well, how much longer you got to work? I said, well, it was six weeks when they told me. I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. But now I'm just four. What are we going to do at the end of the four? I'm not moving back to New York. And we ain't moving. Philadelphia, North South Carolina. <laughs> Met a guy from General Foods, called me every month to see how I was doing. He called me and said, we still want you to work. But you got to go Seattle. Eight months and you'll be back on the East Coast. My wife said, I'm not moving out there. <laughs> you brought me to Pennsylvania. Now you want to take me cross country? And you don't know how long that job going to be? Well, you got to go back to New York, and I'll go. Went out to Seattle for eight months, almost eight months to the day. Never was the job. It was always God. Because something had to sustain me during the time of this hiccup. See, if I had put my trust 
and JNL. I would have lose my mind. Because they promise things they can't provide. Oh, yeah, I thought that that recruiter had all the intentions. I thought what he did was what they told him. The way it looks today, it looks great, but tomorrow things change. But the only thing that doesn't change is God. So we put faith in things that are temporal. It doesn't matter how, what they say. And, and in my career, I have seen it. I remember we bought Nabisco. Crafted. They took 780 people to Atlantic City. For three days, told them how good business was. And on Friday, told all 700 and something, they didn't have a job. I've seen it. 86 people in my office in Columbia. On Friday morning, at 4 o'clock, there was six of us left. I've seen it. All of this because when you put your faith in man, Man is going to fail you, whether you believe it or not. So now I, I work for the state, and that's what I do. I work for the state. I go there every morning, and I give them the best I can, and at 5.30, I leave. I don't put my trust in the state. I put my trust in God, because when the state failed me, I got to go back. And I'll get back on my knees again. Amen. And I'll say to God, you promise that you are going to take care of me. When I was in college, I was arrogant. I was. I study hard, and I got grades, and I thought it was all about me. But I had somebody say, you still there? No, I'm, I'm a little, I've changed. I've, I've, I've changed, I've changed, I've changed. I was a decent athlete, I, I changed. Because I realized it ain't about me. It's about God. And when God chose you and me, and when he saved us, he desired to change us. And you run... See, you got to be a preacher to understand what I'm about. 
when I'm done preaching my sermon, members love you. They, they, they mean well. And sometimes they come and say, you know, you should have went and say this or that in the sermon. And they mean well. Sometimes I could, but that wasn't the point I wanted to make. Yeah. It's something. When a person always tell you what they're going to do, but they never get in the game to do it. They fuss about everything. I don't know whether you're basketball fans or, or, or anything, but the, I, I watched basketball a little bit. I got up the other morning, and everybody was talking about this boy for the Cleveland Cavaliers, J.R. Smith. My, my younger son said, Dad, he's the dumbest guy ever. How could he not know? What difference does it make? He's, my son said, I would have put the ball right back up. Sure, you can do that from the sideline, but you're not in the game. Everybody can say what they would do, but they're not in the game. It's the same thing in the church. People will tell you what they will do. Get in the game. How are you going to do it? If you don't get in the game, he saved you to change you. But if you're going to, see, small as our congregation is, there's a lot of work that needs to be done at this congregation. And you see it. But in order to get it done, you got to get in the game. You got to get in the game. God is sustaining us so that we can get our lives together to make a commitment to the local work. So then my son said, you know it's over. Cleveland ain't going to win nothing. I said, my man, you ain't going to get a dime. Don't get so frustrated. Don't, don't, don't get so worked up on things that you can't control. Get worked up on the things that you can control. I can't worry about what goes on someplace else. I can only focus on what's going on where I am. Where I am. And then the third word that I want us to look at before I, as I go to the lesson. He saves us. And then he sustained us. And then he shapes us. He shapes us. He shapes us. And God will shape us to whatever he wants us to be 
as long as we allow him to do it. Now, now when it comes to the church, the church is not made up of perfect people. So Paul writes to Titus in Titus chapter 1 and verse 5. He says, for this cause I left you in Crete. Crete, this island of about 163 miles in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. He says, I left you in Crete that you may set things in order. See, and then he said, make elders. So many times we make position before we set things in order. See, we need to set things in order first. And, and now when, when, when Paul had write this letter to Titus, Titus had no idea the people of Crete. But Paul writes to him. And in Titus 1 and 12, he says, one of their own, a prophet said, the Cretans are all liars. They lazy people. They evil. Those are the people that you find in the church. Y'all looking at, huh? Yes. The church, these are the people that God used. There wasn't one person that God had ever used that was perfect except Christ. Moses, a murderer. David took another man's wife. Paul was a persecutor. Matthew was a thief. Those are the people that God used. And, and, and when you go back and look at the lives of the 12 apostles, they all had something going on in their lives. And uh, whether we want to admit it, we all got something out of our past that we don't want to come back. But see, God see fit. And that's, what, that's why God called you and I, because of our past. And if he can change us. So that's what he told Titus to do first. Set things in order. Well, Paul, I thought you loved me. I do. But the Christians need to know the gospel. But you just told me that they were liars. Yeah. You're going to run into liars in the church. Evil beasts. I, I like the way the New American translation says they were 
rootless animals to give you a sense of what you were dealing with. And then the Christians are all lazy people. They don't want to do nothing. But how do you expect me, Paul, to put things in order when you're dealing with liars and lazy people? Those who only concern about themselves. Titus, it's not about you. It's about God. You have to show the Christians that God can change their lives if they allow God to do it. In Titus chapter 2, in verse number 1, look what the Bible says. The Bible says, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. See, nothing happens if it's not sound. See, the worst thing, and, and, and here's the difference, brothers and sisters. I'm your friend, but I'm also your minister. And something I'm going to tell you that you may not like. And, and, and I'm going to tell it to you the most humble way that I can, but I need to tell you. Because, you know, friends are not people who just tell you what you want to hear. Friends tell you things you need to hear. And, and see, sometimes friends want you to water down the blow. I couldn't tell my wife the night I got home that I had just lost my job. I had to wait until the moment and figure out how to tell her, but I had to tell her. Because in four weeks, she going to know. Right. You on vacation already? <laughs> I couldn't go out and play tennis every day. And then when the bank statement come on the first of the month, that was, what happened to your check? You know, I lost a job six. Well, when were you going to tell me? So Paul, Paul says to Titus, Make sure that you stick with sound doctrine. Whether they want to hear it at the time or not, make sure it's sound doctrine. And you can go back and back it up. Watch verse 2. And the older men be sober, grieve, temperance, sound in the faith, and charity and in patience. First of all, you have to have a character that somebody is going to look up to you. I know where are you going to teach a young man and you are not doing it? And then he said, be patient. Not everybody learn 
at the same rate, but everybody can learn something. I was trying to learn Spanish so I could communicate with my granddaughter because her mother is Hispanic. My wife, they're Hispanic people. When they start talking, I'm just sitting and look, hoping that they ain't saying nothing bad about me. Every now and then I say, hold up. Speak English. But what am I going to do? Now, my wife is far ahead of me. You get all of those programs that say they teach you while you're driving. Don't believe that. They're speaking in Spanish. You don't, if you don't know what they're saying, and they're talking, they talking on the phone, and my wife said, what does this mean? And she tells my wife, and, and, and they're talking, and, and I'm just there, Brother Davis, just listening. I said, you know, if y'all don't want me in the conversation, don't put it on the speakerphone. Let's talk. Understand? Oh, we're not saying nothing bad about you. Well, speak English so I can be sure of what you're saying. So, in our Christian walk, we must show some patience. Amen. We have to show Amen. patience, and, and, and not only that, we have to be an example for the youth. But not only must we be example for the youth, we must trust the youth. Amen. Amen. Let, me, let me say that again. Amen. We have to trust the youth. Because if, if we don't trust them, what's going to happen when we're gone? Well, amen. They're not going to know. And now, which is worse? Trusting them now or trusting them later when they don't know? They don't know because you have, we haven't trained them. So why don't we train them? And, and, and the other thing, you can't be afraid of them. Somebody know more about something than you. My young son, he gets on the, I, I told him, I said, where you want to eat? I can't find nothing to eat. He said, Papa, give me your phone. He give me the, I give him the phone. He said, there's a restaurant right around there. I said, how did you find it? And Amen. <laughs> he just loved the show pop-up. He knows more. <laughs> pop-up, you didn't know that? I'll see who's going to pay the bill. <laughs> see, 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 those... There's a partnership going on. He finds the restaurant, and I pay the bill. That's, that's the partnership. The young people know more than we do when it comes to 
this cyber stuff. So why don't we, don't box them in, explore them. I would like a day when we could walk in this building and they got a computer out there and all you got to do is punch your name. Everything shows up that you want me to know. We don't need all of that. Why don't we? We live in an age that if we don't embrace, we'll get left behind. So then Paul said, you older woman likewise, that they should be, watch your behavior, become holiness. Don't be false accuser. I think I need to say something. It's okay if you don't have the whole story. Just be patient until you get the whole story. Don't, don't, don't run because you walked in the office and you got the last part of the message. You know they're closing the church up. That's not what was said. They said when the last person leave, make sure the door of the church is closed and locked. See, see, all of this, brothers and sisters, Paul is telling Titus, this is what I need for you to do. At Crete. And I submit to you today that a lot of that needs to be done at East Baltimore. Yeah. We have to set the church in order. We can't operate the day the way we did yesterday. And if we don't change today, we won't be aware about changing tomorrow. Because we won't be here to change tomorrow. And we cannot, we cannot be afraid of changing. God saved us so he can change us. He want us to change. When I first told my grandmother about maybe she needs some contact lens boy I ain't letting them put nothing in my eyes my mama is going to make you see better if God wanted me to have contact lens he would have gave me contact lens but mama look how thick them glasses get I can see Imagine how mama felt. And now my 12-year-old son don't know nothing except a computer. I said, let's go running. He said, okay. Then he went downstairs. I said, where are you going? He said, we're going downstairs to run. He's talking about on a computer. I'm talking about going outside to the track. Come on. Pop up, it's too hot out there. 
This is his running. And you cannot be afraid. I got to accept it. So I, I don't know how to work those remote controls. Hit the X pop up if you want it to move. He's teaching me. Now, what, what should I tell my grandson? Don't teach me that because I'm too old to learn that. Or should I as encourage him to say, be patient with me and, and show me what needs to be done because cyber is here to stay. Now let me get to the lesson. Titus chapter 3. Paul says, But after the kindness and love of God, our Savior, towards men appear. Watch what he says. Not by work of righteousness, which we have done. God does not save us based on what we have done. See, you, we, we get confused because we think it's what we have done that put God in debt to us. Paul says that it's not by the work of righteousness which we have done but according to what? To his mercy, he saved us. And now watch what he's watch how Paul says this thing. Because once we come to Christ and once we go away from Christ, how are we going to get back to Christ? He said, by regeneration. By the washing. By regeneration. In other words, God takes us back to our most innocent state. And, and he does now. See, it's not the washing that does it. Because water only cleans dirt. But it happens doing the washing. You can't get it without the washing. It's the same thing like baptism. The Holy Ghost, see, baptism doesn't save you. But you're saved doing the baptism. The Holy Ghost comes doing the baptism. Baptism doesn't bring the Holy Ghost, but it happens doing it, and you can't get it without it. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The renewing of the Holy Ghost. He takes us back to our most innocent position. 
and what God does, and watch verse 7, that being justified by his grace, God favor. You don't earn it. It's given to us. It's given to us. And, and, and see, why, why Paul went through all of this with Titus, you have to understand the people that Titus was about to deal with. And he had to let these Christians know that it's God's grace that we made, that made us heir according to the hope of eternal life. One thing, and then I'm done. All I'm trying to do is to help us to see our relationship with God. And when we understand our relationship with God, it will inspire us to do things that we say we can't do. Amen. Well, Brother Frazier, I don't like this person. And ain't nothing you can say or anybody else can say to make me like this person. But you will love that person if you look at the cross. Amen. Amen. If you see, if you realize what went on at the cross, you will understand. But this person stabbed me in the back. Just look to the cross. See, they lied on me. As soon as service over, they out in the parking lot talking about me. That's all right. Focus on the cross. Because, see, that's where it all ends, at the cross. I, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes you say, well, don't expect me to be you. Don't ever want you to be that. You have to be better than me. Paul said, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. When you know that you've done no wrong, life should be better for you. When you know you don't deserve, Jesus knew that he had no sin. But he also knew that the reason he came. If you want perfect people, the church is not for you. I don't know where you're going to go. Amen. But if you start with that person in the mirror, and you look at that, see, if we're honest with ourselves, I'm grateful to God that he saw something in me to call me. I don't know what God saw in me, but he saw something in me 
to call me. And I don't know why, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And and, and, now, believe me when I tell you this. There's not a lot you can do to make me hate you. There ain't a lot. There ain't a lot you can do that I can't forgive you. Because I know I need forgiveness. Now, if you come to harm my family, I'm going to protect my family. Yeah, I'm going to protect my family. But after, I still can forgive you. And and that wasn't easy. It it took a lot. I, I told you all the story. The man that killed my mother, I went and told him, I forgave you. Wasn't for him. It's for me. See, sometimes I got to allow the trials in my life to move me to where I need to be. Amen. Who am I to hold grudge when Jesus doesn't hold grudge on me? Can you imagine us categorizing all of our sins? Even the ones that we know nothing about. You start jotting them down and then God turn around and jot them down and God listens twice as long as you'll listen. You say, when did I do that? Amen. He saved us. Because he wants to change our lives. And if we allow God in our lives, can change us. He can change us. And not only will God change us, but he'll make us a better person. Everybody should want to be a better person. Just for an hour and a half on Sunday. And I guarantee you, if you focus on an hour and a half on Sunday, you will get another 30 minutes in there yes. one day of the week. That's good. And then for three hours a week, you've been a good person. And then before you know it, you've been good for a whole month. Then before you know it, your lifestyle would be just doing the right thing. Because you're going to run into enough of the wrong thing without looking for it. But you have to, we have to focus on just doing the right thing. That's enough for one day. That's enough. Because all we should do is try to encourage each other. We all got issues. Every one of us in here got some type of issue. If you're saying, not me, your issue is lying. So, So all of us, every one of us that comes in on Sunday morning, we come with something. And they say, well, the church is the hospital. But okay, if the church is the hospital, my section is the psych ward. And all of us need, all of us just need to do our best to strengthen, uplift one another. 
and it starts today by that person who you say don't like you after service, go and hug them. If you come and hug me, I'm going to say, oh, you didn't like me, right? <laughs> that wasn't even in the message. That's right. God is good. And God wants us to be the same way. And, and, and he wants us to, to love one another. We, we got a lot of good potential in this congregation that we just need. We just need to tap the potentials that we have. And one day when we are gone, long gone, we'll look back. Somebody say, you know, they're still doing the right thing. Maybe here this morning, you're not a member of the Lord's family. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Lord of God. Believe with all your heart Christ died for you, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and we'll baptize you this morning in water for the remission of your sins. God will add you to the church. Be faithful until death, and he'll give you a crown of life. For those of us who are members of the Lord's church, God is trying to change us. And we need to just allow God to move in our lives. If this is your desire, come right now as we together stand and sing the song that has been selected. Softly and tender.